welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. Focused on providing valuable information for anyone looking to undertake a new build or extension project. We'll share our tips, tricks and stories from a building designer's perspective. Welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. I'm your host, Amelia, and once again, we're joined by Frank Geskus. Hey, Amelia. How are we? Good. Happy Friday. Happy Fridays. It's good. And the weather's coming good too, isn't it? I know. It's actually uh, really heating up for a little old Tassie. Yes, it's just lovely. It is. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about... Is it a good idea or not to upgrade certain items of your home? Yeah, that's a really good one because uh, I'm sure you've seen quite a few perlers in your time. I've seen some great upgrades and people have done things really well, classic great decks, you know, driveways, upgrading their windows, kitchens, bathrooms, just general upgrades, you know, to make the house better. I've seen the really extreme ones. All that was left of the house was the, the floor and the shell and they stripped out everything inside because they wanted to fully insulate it and make it work really, really well. You know, like almost like a modern home. That was the more extreme, but that's, you know, a choice. But I've also seen just your basic upgrades, you know, just putting a deck on or adding some concrete around the house, you know, call it upgrades, call it, you know, improving the home. But You've got to be a bit careful on some of this stuff. Yeah, and, okay. and I, I know that myself even yeah. renovating, so... You've got to be a little bit careful, you know, oh, and, yeah. and, and to be fair, you uncover things and you're going, oh, wow, how did this happen? <laughs> you know, um, pulling plaster off and there's all mould and stuff behind it and things like that. But I suppose where I want to go to with this is that be very aware of what you're upgrading on your house that it's done properly. You know, one of the biggest fails that I see and it's, it just blows my mind, is getting concrete paths and concrete driveways right. And it sounds simple, doesn't it? You would think so. You'd think yeah, it would be yeah. hard to mess up. Well, it ends up really hard, literally, <laughs> <laughs> because it's really hard to pull up if you get it wrong. True, that is very true. And unfortunately, I've seen a few times where you've seen footpaths put in wrong. And you, and you actually got to wonder, how can you get a footpath wrong? Yeah, how can you get a footpath wrong? So, on most houses, like, say if it's brick, I'll use brick as an example, there's little slots at the bottom called weep holes, and that allows the cavity in the wall to drain and also air movement through the wall. The house has to breathe. I've seen it where the concrete has pulled the concrete up virtually up to floor level, wow. so they've covered it, or partly covered. So then water can actually go into the holes and can't get out. Oh, that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? It's pretty stupid. It is a bit stupid. And, they, and you're part of the thing, oh, I wanted to, so it wasn't much of a step to get into the house, you know, so it's close to the floor level and then you've got your door, the threshold, the bit at the bottom of the door, it's virtually exposed and the water hits that now. So if you've got an old timber one, it'll rot. If it's the ones we use nowadays are aluminium. But you're careful the water can't get blown up inside there. But also you end up having a trip hazard and that sounds strange too because... It might only be a 20 or 30 millimetres or 2 to 3 centimetre step, but it actually becomes more of a trip hazard than, say, 100 millimetres because you've literally got to step up and over. But that step that you have also is for water ingress. So you've got these weep holes, now the water goes in, that means there's water inside your wall cavity that can't get out. Not real good. No, it causes mould and all kinds of problems. Yeah, it does. So that's pretty dopey, covering up plumbing 
it's called an ORG, an overflow relief gully. It's a thing where if everything blocks up, it spews out out of this <laughs> uh, pit rather inside your house. Yes, makes sense. Yep, makes sense. Yeah, I've seen them kind of covered up or it's got nowhere to go. Or my favourite is, I'll use the word fall. Which way does the concrete slope? It falls. So it's supposed to fall away from the house, you know? It rains, water falls away. Very simple, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, I've seen some pretty ordinary concrete where it goes the other way, you know? Driveways are probably the best one for that, where the house is all done or they're doing a reno, putting a new driveway in, and they pull the concrete, and it's really nice, level with the, the garage door. But then the driving rain, you know, wind-driven rain... It'll blow it straight up under the door, even if it's got a bit of a door threshold, because the water builds up around it and it'll go inside the garage. Oh, dear. Pretty clever, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So when we do design work, do we factor in all of Yeah, we, we actually put our drawings, you know, front door, 90 mil step up. Or if you do, you put a graded trench or it's got to be covered so the wind can't get it. Garages, you know, they, they've got to put in a threshold for a door as per the manufacturer of the it's a panel lift or roller door they're going to put that in but when something falls towards a roller door we highly recommend to put a grated drain in front of the roller door so if any water comes in you'll collect by the drain if it's a steep driveway falling to the garage door you put a really big one in because the, you get so much water coming down the driveway what about for older houses? You've got to be even more careful in that way how you do that because the older houses, say it's weatherboard or a lightweight cladding, cement sheet, they've got to be sitting 50 mil above the concrete. Okay. So think about it. If your floor level's at one point, that means the cladding's got to go past. It has to go past. Yeah. So, so watertight. But if your concrete comes up to the underside of it, so it goes past 50 millimetres and concrete goes to the underside of it, the bottom part of the sheeting, whatever it is, timber, cement, sheet, don't care what it is, it'll rot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and I've seen that in new houses where I've actually seen the cladding the poured into the concrete. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Well, so we did a brand new house once and the landscaper put all these pavers and it was literally at floor level and pavers were higher than the bottom of the cladding. So the, they butted the pavers up against the cladding. So it's going to fail. And then that, another bit, they had garden beds. So water was going in underneath, was being, you know, you water the garden, water goes in through the sills of the window, which were at floor level, and caused all this problem with the render and through the windows and all sorts of stuff. Wow. And that was a landscaper. He's not a licensed builder or anything, but no. a landscaper did it. So think about it. You want to stop water coming in? Make sure it sits lower than the floor level of the house. 90 mil is accepted. 150 is the best, best practice. So... That's a perla. Uh, the other one, everyone loves a pergola. We've spoken about pergolas, our frescoes. We have. Yeah. Um, I've seen some wonderful ones where they've got the roof there and they screw it to, you've got a gutter and you've got a piece of flat metal or wood underneath it. It's called the fascia. They screw directly to the fascia. Give it the hint, the fascia is not a structural element. No. It's just a piece of tin or a piece of timber. So you're actually supposed to fix timber blocks between the rafters or the trusses and screw it off. So it's nice and strong. But I've seen plenty where they're just screwed off to the tin. Oh, dear. Yeah, a bit ordinary. You're lucky it doesn't blow away in the wind, really. Well, or rip the fascia off. Yeah. Oh, that's but, true. But surprisingly, Could sometimes the they stay there for a long time. And, and just dumb luck, I suppose. Another favourite is old 60s, 70s homes that we see. The red brick, white, painted white windows, mm-hmm. t- you know, timber-framed windows. And they have these wall vents in there. A lot of people block them up. Not a great idea. 
because the and, and I get why people do it because oh it's leaking air and all that. But then the house was back then were designed to breathe timber floors, all that they need to breathe, and it can potentially cause a little mould and mildew or condensation problems. So you've got to be conscious or find another way to get the building to breathe. Another one, garden beds over the vents. We've spoken about that before, or covering your weep holes. So your yes. weep holes and uh, subfloor vents, which means you've got a timber floor. If your floor doesn't breathe, it will get wet and it'll rot. It's just fact. It will happen. Not straight away, and everyone's got different circumstances. Not upgrading your backyard, even landscaping, not getting your drains right. And then the water somehow gets directed towards the house. Water and houses aren't compatible. No. Well, you said yourself that's one of the leading causes of yep. uh, failures and, and insurance claims. That was on bathrooms where the waterproofing isn't oh, done right. bathrooms, yeah. I've got to remember to get an insurance uh, loss assessor in. Yes. That'd be a good one. That would be a good one. Then what about in your garden? If you've got water falling to your house, it's... It's going to cause problems. So you really need to make sure water stays away from your house. You don't want water coming through your roof, obviously, but causes problems. Water anywhere, get rid of it. Installing a new heat pump, as we call it in Tasmania, reverse cycle for you northerners on the mainland. Um, they have a drain on them, and they used to just have the drains drip to the ground, so not into a stormwater or sewer line. And then that water went onto a path, onto the ground, and then the ground swells up and potentially causes structural problems. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yep. That has changed a lot now. Uh, those guys install it, they have to put it into a downpipe or something. So they're pretty good with that nowadays. So it's become a rare. New roofs. So could be a problem, would you believe? Really? Yeah. Well, you think about really old house, old hardwood, fantastic. They're all nailed together. The roof shedding was nailed together. I, I was involved in an insurance claim where they put a new roof on and they screwed it down to the battens. They're the bits of timber that sits on top of the main frame. Mm-hmm. So you just screw it down. But put all these new sheets, and they're one piece. But the battens were still nailed. Okay. Right? Doesn't sound like a big deal. No, you wouldn't think so. No. But with the old sheeting with, with the nails, and they were single sheets, not one big sheet, for some reason, and this happened in Hobart, we did a job, and it peeled the roof clean off in high winds. Like, literally peeled it clean off and landed on... A brand new roof? Yeah, on the existing frame. Oh, wow. And it landed in the neighbouring property. It was... Yeah. That's not ideal, is it? No, no. <laughs> it was a bit of a hard one to explain when you go pick up the pieces. Mind <laughs> yeah. you, couldn't pick up the pieces. No. <laughs> there was one big chunk of roof hanging out there. But then we were inspected. The nails pulled out, but the screws hung onto the battens. But there was no give in the old sheets with the nails. And they, there was give, and the thing breathed. It was loose and... With, when they put the new sheets and they screwed it down, which is the normal practice, they should have screwed the battens down. Okay. The battens were only skew nailed, and the nails could, were, you know, could have been seventy years old. Yeah, and being bigger sheets too, they would have been heavier bigger and sheets. all of that stuff. Well, not necessarily heavier; uh, they were lighter, if anything. Oh, really? Yeah, but because they were all multiple sheets, there was air leaks everywhere. So if wind gets in, it kind of leaks, and that's how I understand it mm-hmm. happened. But yeah, that was a right mess. So we did research and we found, yeah, the rest of the timber frame should have been screwed off a bit better. Wow. That's a big doozy, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a perler. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple, but don't be scared of doing improvements, but you've got to go with trusted people. You know, cheapest price isn't always the winner there, you know. Cheapest guy do the roof or do the concreting. You need someone who's experienced and knows how to do the concreting 
those had install heat pumps. Electrical upgrades, they're always good if done by a uh, licensed Sparky. So be aware, most, of, most people aren't aware of a lot of these things. Yeah, the other thing too, which is almost digressing a little bit, but uh, just from experience, there might be multiple areas that you're looking to upgrade. Yep. And they're all in, you know, require different trades. And I, I know for myself, different trades have different opinions on things. And so they'll say, you think? Yeah. So they'll I'll, I'll say, I'll have a sparky and an electrician to get in the room and <laughs> <laughs> kill each other. Yeah. So one opinion they might say, oh, you know, the the plaster needs to go like this, and then the tiler when he comes back to do the whatever, he says, no, it's supposed to be done like this, and it. You put that very oh. nicely because he would have said, what a. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> expletive, 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 did this thing. Yes, yes. So I, I guess, you know, are you going to be project managing these things yourself or are you going to be outsourcing, say, to a qualified builder and letting them manage all of the trades for you? And, I mean, that's something that you have to weigh up. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I'd always go every day of the week, I'd go with a qualified tradesman to overview Everyone, all the sub-trades and a builder. There are some really good firms that will just do bathrooms. Yes. You know, and they're really, really good at what they do. And that, and that's all they do, so, that, yep. you know, they're great at it. But there are some that aren't. Yes, there's okay. always some. <laughs> and this is every industry. You know, you're always going to find some guys are awesome, some guys are not so awesome. So do you need to then qualify them or interview them and talk to their past clients? That's the best way of figuring out are they reputable? Oh, exactly. Do they go over and above the minimum standard? And believe me, it's much more awful when you learn that the hard way. Yeah, yeah. Brand new bathroom series down the track and, yeah, she's ratchet, mm-hmm. you know. She's stuffed. And I've seen plenty of that, the mould under the floors or floor failing. Well, literally failing because it's all soggy. Yeah, even basic framing mistakes, pulling out a chimney, frame, you know, old buildings and not framing up the floor and ceiling properly, you know. I've seen that, you know. You've got patchwork framing and not done by a qualified builder. Now, I say qualified builder, a li- someone who carries a licence with insurance. I need to clarify this. If you're going to engage a builder, make sure he's got a licence and he's got insurance. And not, not some guy that calls himself a builder, you know, and there's plenty of those guys. Yeah, and you can look up that information on CBOS. CBOS is, yeah. is a good one. Uh, that's in Tasmania. Uh, I'm sure every state there, there's licences that you need to go check out because there are too many guys, call themselves builders, you know, they're wearing the stubby shorts, tool belt, and they look like the, something like the cat dragged in because they've been working hard. Do your research. Don't trust what they say. Go investigate. Do they have a proper licence? Do they have insurance? Ask them for a copy of their insurance. I don't think it's unreasonable to do that. Say for a bathroom, you could be spending twenty, thirty thousand bucks easily. Oh, easy, yeah. You know, same with, with a kitchen, and there's specialised kitchen manufacturers. They'll do the whole thing. You know, they'll organise the plaster, sparky, and everything for you. And there's plenty of bathroom guys that will do that as well. Yeah, and also always go with a contract. Have a contract agreement, not just a handshake. Yep, I'll do your bathroom. <laughs> no, you want a contract agreeing of what the scope of works are. Same, same with your driveway. If you're doing a new concrete driveway, you're doing a deck of pergola, you need to have an agreement with someone, a written agreement. So we all agree, yes, I will give you this money for this job and this is my expectations. 
And it should be the same for any variations as well. Yeah, that's a whole new that thing. That is a whole variations, topic. which is changing your mind or found something on site that wasn't part of the plan. Yes. And then you've got to pay extra money to get it fixed, upgraded or whatever. So, yeah, a few things to check out on there. You do not want to be left with the damage. No, definitely not. I mean, you already could be dropping, you know, quite a few thousand dollars on your, yep. your addition. So, so if you, yeah, exactly. And if you're looking at a concreter, you don't necessarily need a builder, but you need a quality concreter that's going to do your work. So it's going to install your new AC heat pump. They're going to be a qualified electrician for that. Uh, no. Do they? They, they don't. don't. Oh, no, really? No, no. They need to bring one in. They might be... Um, what are they called? Are a they refrigerator re- mechanic? So, I don't know. Something oh, like that. Yeah, something like that. They are qualified to install, but also got sparkies. But some are combined. They can do it for the heat pumps too. Yes. So make sure they're qualified. They've got insurance. Don't burn your house down. Same with... Oh, here's another Perla. Um, a good upgrade for your house... I always believe, is putting a bigger, better extraction fan in your bathroom. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because um, you get a lot of uh, steam and stuff in there, moisture. Yep, and wrecks your house, what I keep talking Moisture, water, wrecks your house. So put a bigger fan. Too much fan isn't enough. Same with when you're doing stuff outside, you know, paths, driveway stuff. Too much drainage is never enough. Because you can deal with less water than you do with too much water. Very true. That's so <laughs> you know, true. I've seen some unbelievable stuff where people haven't put drains in their backyards. We specify a lot of drains around houses now, so to make sure they go in to protect the house. Previously, we didn't do that, and we left it to the owner when they're doing the landscaping, and they, and they make a mess of it, and then it affects the house. It does, so yeah. So if they've got a timber floor, it's all wet underneath. I've got a concrete slab, it's always wet around the outside. Spend good money on drainage and stuff you never ever see, but it, it can save a lot of potential damage to your house. So, yeah, you don't need builders for some of these things, but you need to probably talk to other people that, that, that have used them, get testimonies. That's always really good. So referrals by other people, really happy with their work. Again, what do we always say? Do your research, everyone. Yep, you're spending a lot of money. So interview tradespeople, talk to their previous customers, get referrals, see their insurance. If they're a builder, are they licensed? If they're not licensed, they're not a builder. They're a builder wannabe. Yeah. Or a home handyman, whatever you want to call it. If they haven't got a licence, that, that sends alarm bells to me. Because any work that requires a permit needs a builder. And that's another thing that you have to look at as well when you're looking at doing any kind of additions. You've got to see, you know, do do you require a permit? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, any other take-home points, Frank? I don't know. Other than do your research. (laughs) Yeah. But just talk to multiple – don't rely on one price. Yeah. Get a a couple of prices and, and interview them, you know. Ask lots of questions. Write a list of questions before you interview them. Also, landscapists. That's a good one too. Make sure that they don't mess up around the house. Like that example where they put all the paving at the floor level. It's going to ruin the bottom. It's going to ruin their cladding, water ingress to the house, all sorts of stuff. So go look at some of landscapers' work if you want to engage one. All right. Well, we might wrap it up there, folks. Thanks for listening to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. Catch us later. See you later.
listening to the Building Design Prime Time Podcast. 